1: And here's the thing about the internet, or just in general.
0: That's the one thing. That's my biggest takeaway from all of this. Nobody can ever just be happy with what's going on. I think I I mentioned this yesterday, and I'm reiterating this point, is uh, we keep, like, no matter what happened, whether Justin Fields was good or bad, whether the Bears were good or bad, if the Bears are good, then it's "Ah, that's preseason. None of that matters. If the Bears struggled, like, oh, grave concerns over the Chicago Bears. And I'm not going to sit here and apologize for the Bears being good on Saturday. That's just that's just not what I'm going to do. Now, I, I will take a lot of it with a grain of salt or anything like that. But still, at the same time, you would have been crucified, Justin Fields, or any one of these players, had they not performed well in a preseason game. It's just the truth of it. And I think it's just the nature of social media, and the way people just want to conduct themselves. They just always want to. They want to be drawn to the negative. They want to. Oh, something's always. You got to have something. You just can't enjoy it. I even mentioned this a couple of days ago. I think it was a Jameer Gibbs play from practice. I'm like, that's pretty good. That that looks scary. He looks at everyone. though, it's a linebacker. It's. The, I'm like, you know what? You can actually compliment an opposing player, an opposing team, and it's it's not going to hurt you. It's okay. Some you're, the, the teams that you're playing against can at some point make good plays. It's going to happen, and your life would probably be a little bit better if you uh, could just embrace that and move on. And you know what else will make your life better? Starting the show. So, Sammy, let's get started. Turn up, your Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast, Sick
1: Podcast. with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields. Magic happen there goes Fields. Touchdown. the
0: sickest Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast brought to you by underdog fantasy
1: entertainment like no other it's gonna be sick. Sick, sick
0: it's Tuesday night you know what that means and it's time for take it to the rank happy that you are all joining us here today but a little bit of housekeeping this is a pre-recorded show and unfortunately, that means that we won't be able to pull in questions from the audience, which I love doing. I love hearing from the fans. Still, make, make sure that you're asking questions in the chat, in the comments. I will be there answering questions as the show is playing out. So maybe a little bit different. We've done this before where we pre-recorded one of these things and I've been able to go in and interact with the chat as it's going on. And typically, I can't do that during the show because I'm hosting it. So... Should be a little bit of fun. We should have a good time. A lot to talk about. Very excited. Still buzzing from what happened on Saturday. This week has just been so much better. Now, if you are, know anything about me, you know I'm an Angels fan. I hate that part of my sports life. Love what's going on with my football teams, including Arsenal, who opened their season, uh, the Premier League, with a win over Nottingham Forest. So it's a good. It was a good Saturday for me. All the way. as long as I ignored what happened with the Angels. It was a good. It was a good, uh, good Saturday all the way around. I want to tell everybody that, uh, we do have a guest who will be joining us in just a little bit. Former bricklayer turned full-time Bears reporter, Greg Braggs Jr. from CHGO is going to be here. We're excited to have him. Uh, we talked about him last week. Uh, we mentioned, oh, you know, I, I like to shout out those who've been going to training camp on the regular and the great work that everybody's been doing and and this goes for everybody who's been out of bears camp all the reporters uh from stacy dales all the way on down uh we appreciate everybody being the eyes and ears not just for me but for bears fans everywhere as you get an opportunity to kind of see what's going on in the world of sports we're excited to have greg on with us here in a little bit we'll get his impressions of what he saw not only on saturday What are you seeing in training camp so far? And get a little preview. He's going to be going out to Indianapolis this week. A couple of joint practices with the Indianapolis Colts. And then a game Saturday night. Same deal uh, as what we did on Saturday. Right after the game, we'll be joining our friends with the Indianapolis version of the Sick Podcast. Get their impressions. They've been out at Colts camp as well. They've had an interview with Chris Ballard. They're interviewing players. They've been doing a great job. Great source of information. So I'm looking forward to getting their insight on everything that's going on, what happened this past week, uh, what happened in that game. Hopefully the momentum for the Bears continues to go on. So before we get to Sunday, I, had, I wanted to bring this up too. Is our friend Ill Will, who we need to get back on the show. You know, we were tweeting out the other day uh, talking about Jordan Love. And this, is, this goes back to what I was talking about, like nobody can ever be happy. And everybody's nitpicking everything. Uh, no matter what happens good in this world, everybody's got to nitpick it. I remember reading a, a post from a commander's blogger or beat writer or somebody like that. And he's like, Hey, you know what? Like, oh, yeah, Sam Howell on point, dropping dimes as accurate as hell, moving the ball up and down the field. And you're like, if you saw, if you saw the, the pass to Johan Dotson for the touchdown, like he had to make an acrobatic catch. You know, he's just like, ah. Um, but who cares? Like, it's, again, like, the, the touchdown counted, okay? Jordan Love threw a ball that might have been picked off at some other point. It, it's okay. It, it still happened. It was a nice throw. It was a nice catch. Romeo Dobbs looks like a really good player. Like, it's fine. These things can happen. It's not going to be the the end of the world. that these guys can go out, let that go on. Uh, don't worry about things like that. Uh, In any event, um, it's funny, though, because, you know, ill will was talking about Jordan Love and what he wants out of Jordan Love is that we want Jordan Love to be good enough to make the the Packers okay, but not good enough so that they're a threat. And we got to find that sweet spot, because if he's just good enough, they're not going to be inclined to trade up for Caleb Williams. And if he's not, you know what I'm saying? Like you want to hit that that middle, that middle of the field. And so. I respond. I'm like, yeah, we we want him to hit that Kirk Cousins level, who I think is aptly described as a quarterback who's like, he's good, he's a good player, but he's not like, he's not winning the Super Bowl for the Vikings. Like, he's just not, and that people know this. And well, not uh, not everybody knows this because some Vikings fan got into his feelings, like he's better than any Bears quarterback. I'm like, ah, oh, that's not even the point. But uh, no, I go first of all. Uh, Jay Cutler and Jim McMahon exist in this universe. So he would not be the best quarterback in Bears history. The most passing yards? Sure, that doesn't make him the best. Especially with the way, like, again, trying to explain nuance to a Vikings fan is not something that you want to do. Like, they're not going to get it. You know, like, I'm sitting here, I'm trying to explain to my five-year-old why, even though Arsenal won, you, you, we should be upset that you know, like we shouldn't be giving up goals. Like the defense needs to play. And he, he doesn't care. He's like, no, we won though. And you're like, yeah, but what they, they should have won a little bit. But, but you know, and that's what it's like talking to a Vikings fan. Is they're like, well, I mean, yeah, Kirk Cousins has a lot. Kirk Cousins has thrown for a lot of yards in his career. As a matter of fact, if Kirk Cousins has the typical career year that he's had throughout his, you know, entirety in the NFL. He is going to pass Joe Montana on the all-time passing list for yardage. I don't think that Kirk Cousins is better than Joe Montana. I apologize to the Vikings fans who are upset right now, who feel that Kirk Cousins at the end of the season will now be better than Joe Montana. It's not that's not the way things work. And so trying to get that across to people. Like now, Kirk Cousins is the perfect example of mid-card, mid-card jobber who's never quite going to be, you know, the main event guy. He might even be like, I'll even say this. And I love Sami Zayn. So don't take this the wrong way. So I'm a big Sami Zayn fan. Like, I love him. But I understand. Like, his program with Roman Reigns, excellent. But he's not Roman Reigns. He's not going to carry the belt. He's not going to be the face of the company. That's Kirk Cousins. He's fine. He can win the NFC North periodically. He's a good person. He seems like a nice guy, but he's not going to be the face of the NFL. He's not going to be carrying one of these teams. It's okay. And that's fine. But that's, a, that's exactly my point. Like the guy's arguing, I'm like, you're exactly proving my point. He throws for a lot of yards. You're, you can't get rid of him because he's good enough. He's too good to get rid of. And that is the problem. And so it is just one of those things that it's very difficult. Uh, it's very difficult for Vikings fans to uh, to to comprehend, and uh, so it was it was a it was a fun little back and forth. At some point, you're like, "Okay, sir, we need to. I we're closing the bar. We need you to go." It actually, it was right before the game started. And I'm like, "Okay, like whatever. Just please go. I've had enough out of you." Because let's talk about Saturday. Saturday's it's always confusing. It's a Saturday game. Uh, let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about what happened on Saturday. Great game. Very pleased with everything that was going on. I will say this. And uh, this is important to point out. Number one, I'm not a Penn State fan. Uh, One of my dear friends who was staying at the house uh, left this Penn State. It's super nice. And, uh, again, it's too nice to get rid of, but I don't want it. I don't want to represent Penn State, but still. Um, So we started that game. So the defense, the first-team offense, or first team defense, excuse me, look, looked atrocious, could not get off the field. Malik Willis, who admittingly looked very good, moved the ball down the field. I will say, I think that Kyler Gordon, that hit, when they were challenging the plays, I felt like they should have challenged that hit because I think there was more of a like, he's starting to lose it. He's, he's going to the ground. And sometimes, I know it's not Al River on anymore, but depending on which way the uh, NFL officials feeling that day, who's on his fantasy team, um, I was the ball moving that would have that to me was closer to being overturned than the play that they actually overturned. But I do like that Matt Eberflus at one point did throw a challenge flag. Who cares? I I say this because it's it's preseason like who cares? But I do like the fact that uh, it makes it lets the players know that you've got their back. So I get it. Like I'm like, dude, really like preseason game. Like, why are we throwing the challenge flag? But at the same time, uh, I do applaud Matt Eberflus. uh, Just because. You let the players know, I'm here, I'm invested. It's kind of like hanging out with your kids. You know, sometimes you've got to put the phone down, let them know that you're invested, you're watching them play, or you're doing whatever, Uh, you're invested in them. So the first team defense was a little bit of a struggle. And so I didn't like that at all. I thought Kyler Gordon, though, made a couple of nice plays, a couple of nice hits, obviously the one that they had to challenge on. There was a busted coverage. That's unfortunate. I mean, busted coverage is happening. You know what? We don't want that to be. Uh, something that happens all the time, but the first play, the freeze. We'll figure it out. I I need them to get off. They, they cannot allow those first score drives though. They got to be better on third down. They got to try to hold these teams to field goals. That was impressive. Mean, I I I understand like, hey, well, not everybody was there. Yeah, neither was DeAndre Hopkins. So let's let's call it a draw. Of like, we didn't have everybody out there. That goes for both sides. You need them to get off the field. That's a a valuable concern. Listen, I don't think that there's anybody more positive about the Chicago Bears than me or any sport supporting any of his teams. But even I can point out, like, we need to stop doing that. I even tweeted it. It felt weird tweeting, like, that was not not ideal. What was ideal is what happened the next series is we saw some running. Khalil Herbert ran a little bit. We threw a swing pass to Kari game, our friend. Oh, we got to get him back on the show. Sammy, make a note of that. Let's see if we can get Kari back on. Oh, we got to talk to him. And then, all oh, the excitement happened. The slip screen the DJ Moore that he takes to the house. What a play. I, I will remember where I was for eternity, where I was on that play, just, just watching it. And did Braxton Jones perhaps nudge somebody in the back? Maybe. Do I care? Absolutely not. I don't care. You weren't going to make the play anyways, Titans player. It doesn't matter. We're trying, like we're working things out. And if that was a real football game, it obviously would have counted. There was holding on the Titans touchdown as well. Oh, that's right. There was holding on the Titans touchdown. I think I kind of glossed over that because uh, I had Jarrett with Talking Titans on Saturday. And I didn't want to get into it too much. That was an obvious hold. That was that was more of a hold than a push in a back, because I'm biased. But at the same time, like there was a hold. Yeah. So we would have held them. Okay. But still. But again, this goes to the point of like you gotta go with the call. Like you're not gonna get every call. So you gotta play, like whether you're stopping a team or you're not. And so it was exciting. DJ Moore. Like you could not have asked. Like that's that's impressive. Like for some you ever like, I don't know. I was uh, I was in a golf tournament one time and I brought my friend Cole with me and my friends did not know him and uh oh no it was excuse me it was Patrick oh, sorry it was Patrick Claybon. Cole was a different tournament I brought Patrick claybon to this tournament and my friends uh, were excited because they love Patrick and they think he's a great guy and they they see him on the NFL Network and they're like oh my god like Patrick like this is pretty cool they, they were stoked that they were going to meet Patrick claybon just as a human being and I'm like no but he he smokes the ball off he's a good golfer and he smokes the ball off the tee. And, uh, you know, you never know. And then the first tee of the game, or the first tee, he just hits a bomb that explodes. Like, I'm okay. You know, I hit these balls that go between 200 and 225 yards. Maybe once in a while, I'll get it to 230. Now a lot. It's just like Patrick hits it like 270. It's crazy. Like, he just smokes the ball. But it's cool that when you're talking somebody up like that, They come out and perform. And I think that we've all been of the mind that DJ Moore is going to make a transformation with this Bears offense that is going to, you know, permeate through the entire team. And then immediately he goes out and does just that. It was incredible to see. And so it was exciting. But for me, perhaps the most important part was what happened when the defense came. Because obviously now Soldier Field is rocking. That place is energized. The defense looks better, and admittingly, they switched. Uh, they brought in Zach, Will Levis, excuse me, to be their quarterback. But the defense was getting busy. You know what? That 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 first team offensive line was pushing the Bears around. And then, you know, that second team get. Oh man, when we get out there for that second series, that it was night and day. They're getting after the quarterback, and of course, they get a, a crucial third down, which is exactly what we need. And we get a third down, Zach Pickens comes up, makes a huge sack. Every Again, everybody's just fired up. And that, to me, I'm not going to say it was more important than what Justin Fields and the offense was doing. But that is the kind of stuff we need to see. If we give up a first drive touchdown, you want to be able to answer. The Bears did exactly that. When you make a huge touchdown and you stop a te- or you score a big touchdown, it is so important to go out there defensively and make a huge stop, and that's exactly what the Bears did. And that is the kind of sequences that we need: the huge touchdown, make a stop, get the ball back immediately, and then what happens? Khalil Herbert goes to the house. It was unbelievable. It was so amazing. And again, there was uh, you. Again, people on the internet can be like, "Well, he was behind here. He was, you know, what he got him the ball. I don't care what it looks like." Get him the football. Two catches were made. They were taken to the house. And again, not apologizing for that. There is no need to apologize for that. People are like, well, we didn't we didn't get any answers. You did it? You didn't. The question that should have been asked that was the most important thing to be asked this whole time, have the bears surrounded Justin Fields with enough talent? I don't know. I got kind of an answer there. That seemed to be answered with a yes. Did the Bears surround Justin Fields with enough talent? Uh, the answer is yes. I don't I, I'm not taking that in a bad way, and I'm not going to apologize for that. And I think it's very important for you to to realize, like that, that that was an answer right there. That really was. And by the way, before uh we're gonna to get to Greg here in just a matter of seconds, I do want to say this: uh, our friend Bill Zimmerman. Uh, we've done a number of his shows. He tweeted out after the game um, talking about Justin Fields' performance. If we have that sampling, what we got to work is a simple projection uh, based on NFL teams averaging 33 passes per game. Justin Fields stats. If he stays healthy for all 17 year, 17 games this year, based on today's performance, uh, his season stats would be 561 for 561 for 24,123 yards. 374 touchdowns no picks and 43 yards per attempt that would be justin Fields' statistics if he played based on what he did now obviously what bill did here is preposterous and it's nonsense because the bears probably wouldn't be playing 17 games because they would have locked up the division and uh probably number one in home field advantage so he would be playing 16 games so bill be a little bit better can you put some realism in there? Like he would not be playing 17 games because we would have locked it down. We'd had the number one seat. We're not attempting 33 passes in that. Be better, Bill. But I will say this. What a what a great fantasy performance. What a great fantasy season that would be. Uh, and speaking of fantasy, the easiest way to play fantasy football is with underdog fantasy. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so simple. Go to underdogfantasy.com or better yet, download the app, underdog fantasy, and you can get started and the greatest way to play fantasy football. It's so simple, it's so easy, and it's a great app to have on your phone. Whenever you have big plays, like you know, when, when DJ Moore scored that touchdown, I get an alert. I got an alert for Khalil Herbert. A lot of great things are going on. So it's a great app, it's a great way to get started. And right now, if you're a first time user and you sign up using the promo code SICK, Underdog Fantasy will match your initial deposit up to $100. So that's a great way to get started. And the best part, I'm going to be competing with you in an underdog fantasy league this season, maybe multiple ones. We're going to get, uh, we're going to give you details on that here in the coming weeks, but yeah, we're going to do a, a couple of uh, best ball leagues uh, to get everybody involved in fantasy. That way we can have some fun, talk some S on each other and uh, just have an enjoyable time. Underdog fantasy is the way to go. Go to underdog fantasy.com right now, download the da- app, do all that stuff. Now that we have the, uh, the housekeeping out of the way, uh, I am very excited for this. We, um, as you know, I am active in Bears Twitter. And uh, one of my favorite follows is uh, as a man who, I believe it was last season, he was a bricklayer by profession. And then he decided that he was going to follow his passion. He was going to do what his heart compelled him to do. And that was to devote himself to covering the Bears full time. And what a job uh, he has been doing. He has been my go-to uh, this offseason. Uh, him, Lester, all those guys, everybody who's out there. Like, I, I really do appreciate it, and we appreciate him coming onto the show. So, let's please welcome Greg Braggs Jr., who is going to be joining us here. He's it's a bit it's a busy day for him. Uh, again, this is pre-recorded. He had a stacked day of interviews. He's a man <laughs> about town. Everybody wants to talk to him, and uh, we're pleased to have you here for a little bit.
1: Uh, Greg, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. Especially after yesterday watching DJ Moore take it to the house. I know Justin's relieved to see that, but I know us as Bears fans, uh, it's a breath of fresh air. <clears throat> and, you know, now the hypotheticals and everything, the offseason talk that can drive a man insane. Now we actually have a game on tape. I watched it again this morning, and we, we have some substance finally to have in our hands.
0: Uh, let me ask you real quick. Did Braxton push in the back? Was that... Was that a slight
1: notch? I didn't, didn't see, see that. And you know what? When I tweeted yesterday about whether or not on the Khalil Herbert screen, if there was guys illegally downfield, and, look, you know, Justin Fields asked the same question. He thought maybe there could be a flag in the postgame presser, but I got I got a lot of heat from fans about, well, I should understand the, the rule book because this is my job and things of that nature. It's like, look, I have a lot of respect for the refs after that play because the amount of conversation from my question of whether or not that was a legal man downfield to a legal man downfield. It's now spent 24 hours of people deciding whether it is or isn't. And I still don't know. So I have a little more respect a newfound respect for the refs that we're always throwing arrows at because that job certainly isn't easy. And I certainly am never trying to act like I'm an expert on this. Uh, Just another fan in the stands. That's what I always been. And and I appreciate what you say. And yeah, as a you know, someone that's been a bricklayer for 20 years, and I, and I gave it up about a month ago, uh, to go full time. Is that movement. a month
0: ago? Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. I started with CHGO, uh, Bears and CHGO Sports last year, uh, but it was part time. Yeah. And uh, this, la- this last off season, I started to get a little antsy. I was like, you know what, I want to go for this now, and and I gave yeah. it up, gave up the bricks. Uh, now we're on to uh, uh, sports media dreams, and I'm having a lot of fun. So I appreciate your support. I know you gave me a shout out the other day on your show. Uh, it's not easy because. Maybe trying to maneuver through this media game now as, as a fan and and want to do it in a different way than other guys do It traditional media legacy media does it it's a it's an odd road to maneuver through and and you're honestly kind of the, the gold standard when it comes to this because you're on NFL Network a national platform, but you've always stayed true to who you are. And we've got this running gag on Twitter about meatball Island. And I'm mayor of <laughs> Meat. Dan Weeder called me mayor of meatball Island. And you know what, Dan, I, I wear that badge I... proudly. Uh, I am a meatball and, and we look up to us meatballs. We, if I'm the mayor, Adam, I, I think we want to anoint you as the president of meatball Island. Everybody's oh, kind of, everybody's kind of carving out their roles. We got a border patrol on meatball Island. Now we got <laughs> all these people, that are trying to get their roles, but we, we certainly look up and follow your lead as far as staying true to the passion, but also trying to be honest in the media game. I want to be the
0: aloof guy who lives on the golf course on meatball Island. You're like, Oh, that's rank's house <laughs> on a whole number four. We see, Oh, he'll hang out with you at the coffee shop. Like it's no big deal. Uh, uh, but I, I, you know, the one thing that I really appreciate and um, I never really, I, 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 I don't know. I I'm blocked by this person on Twitter. Um, <laughs> for for i'm sure it's my fault uh but bill simmons you know was one of the guys who made it kind of cool to be able to say like hey i i rooted for a team growing up like i why do we always have to ignore this like why because you always accuse everybody of being biased like joe buck hates my team this guy does and all this stuff is like well you were a human being growing up so why not um, do it. And, and it's also, you know, it, it's, and it's also nice just to be like, I'd rather be upfront about it than have people question it. So they know. And I think that of all the fan bases, I think the Packers fans get it the most yep. and are the coolest with it. Like, yeah, OK, like that ranks talking ass or doing whatever, um, which is really nice. And, the, and it's really uh, what I love about your approach. And I really and one of the things, you know, as you're doing this, it's funny because you said I, I thought you'd given it up a little bit more. You're on the brick patch. You'd been weaning yourself off and now you finally went cold turkey a month. Okay. Now, now I got the timeline correct, but, uh, it's been great, you know, and, you know, one of the things I think that, you know, whenever you want to follow the bears or people who cover the bears, it's like, who do I like? Like, who would I, who would I, who would I see myself hanging out with? And uh, you've always been one of those guys like, oh, yeah, Greg's cool. Like,
1: I love it. And that's the thing. Um, We can can all have a different way we go at it. Oh, yeah. I understand their legacy media, traditional people. They're going to come at it from a professional standpoint more so than if you don't want to say I'm professional at it. I would tend to disagree. But if if in the lens of journalistic integrity, as Dan Weeder said that I'm kind of wrecking that with what I'm doing, I would vehemently disagree with that. I'm not trying to be Dan Weeder. And I have. He's a great dude. He he works hard. He crosses his T's, dots his eyes. He's very you know um, you know detailed in his approach. But I, I I think when you have 25 beat writers and they're all somewhat writing the same story and they're covering the game, there's another aspect of sports and we saw this when COVID hit and there were no fans in the stands. And that's who I am. Yeah. I'm the fan in the stands and. That's a, that's the other half of the sports equation, and I'm I'm a fan, and I'm always going to be that guy. I don't really want to try to. I'm not going to try to become, you know, the the sometimes or the Tribune guy. I want to stay true to who I am. That's what got me here, and I just feel like in a competitive industry, and I want to stay. I want the respect of everyone I work around, but at the same time, I'm not trying to be those guys. I'm going to try to be me, and I think there's a space for all of us here because every fan wants something different there's a lot of fans that don't want to listen to the meatball they don't want to hear yeah, my and that's my fine hot. that's fine but i as long as i'm i'm going to stay true to myself stay authentic and, and you can do your thing and i'm gonna have respect for you and that's kind of where i go with it
0: i'm alex rodriguez and i'm jason kelly from
1: bloomberg this is the deal each week you're hear us in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal making across sports media and entertainment that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
0: And that's the way that we want to do it. I know there's a, there's a, the beat writer, the Angels beat writer for The Athletic, like literally hates the team. And it's so negative. And it's like, but you find like but some people are drawn to that. Like there's some there's people who defend oh. him, like, no, we love this guy. We love his real time. It's like that's fine. It's this is my it's not my thing. It's like watching a comedy show. No. You know, like there's a lineup, there's ten guys up there. You might like David Spade. I like David Spade, but somebody else might not like David Spade. I'm sorry for you that you're missing out on this great show, but it's the way that it is. And it also, it's the same thing, and I I forget who I was talking to. And it might have been Tom Grassi, because he's a he's a comic too. Yep. And it's like, yep. yeah, like comics are so competitive, but you don't realize like if everybody's good, that makes it that makes everybody better. Yep. Like I, I did my friend's uh, special. Uh, Johnny LaQuasto, go find this. By go find Johnny Laquasto special. But I was one of the openers. All three of the openers, we all killed it. And then Johnny went up and did his thing. I'm like, if one of us bombed, I wouldn't laugh. I wouldn't laugh at Ryan Neemiller. And be like, I'm glad you bombed. So it make no, but like everybody's better. It right the rising tide rises all boats. Got it. And I think it goes with media. It goes with comedy. And it goes with football teams. And it feels like, and if I'm not mistaken, DJ Moore could be that guy who rises all tides because I don't know uh, what part of the show you came in on but I said what DJ Moore did offensively was very impressive but I felt and I don't I'm curious to get your opinion on this I felt that that lifted the defense and when the defense went on the field after his touchdown they looked completely different Zach Pickens gets a sack we got off the field after a huge touchdown I think that was probably the most important element of the game yesterday on Saturday
1: yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. I mean, like I said, it was a breath of fresh air after what we had to go through as Bears fans and what the team had to go through last year, watching Justin Fields have to carry this whole thing and the players that have carried over from last year to this year because it has been a roster that certainly has been turned over. But there has to be some amount of guilt they had as they went through last year knowing that this dude's carrying us. We're not holding up our end of the bargain. Now you get this superstar and DJ Moore that that's a contagious thing and not just for the wide receiver room or the offense, but like you said, the defense as well, because the energy lifts up again, the fans in the stands, when that happens, it electrifies the crowd, which then that gets right into the player's core. And that, that's something that you can't find on a stat sheet, but it's certainly tangible.
0: Yeah. You know what? And it's the funniest thing too, when people talk about that and they talk about like, we didn't get any answers on offense. I'm like, um, Our answer was: Is DJ Moore can play football? That that's all we needed to know, and it was a it's a tangible thing. Whether it's th- again throwing and, out and the funny projections, that, that
1: I just think is being shortsighted. There was a uh, they they ran right before one of the screen passes. They ran a toss right to Khalil Herbert, where they pulled Cole Komet and Darnell Wright out. Yeah, and Darnell yeah. Wright put on display what he can do for this football team. He's got good feet, comes around, turns his hips, seals the whole side and his big body he's blocking one dude and then another guy's coming through he blocks him just because of his sheer size. We didn't have that on the right side last year. And you now you you've got one side, you know, of uh, protection on the edge like that, you know, Braxton Jones getting down on a, on one of the blocks cuz that's the thing. You can just look at the the 60-yard touchdowns and look at DJ Mark Cleo Herbert, but look at the blocking. Braxton Jones and Darnell Mooney sealing it, opening up the hole. Tevin Jenkins getting to the second level on the screen pass. Those offensive linemen are all the way to the 10-yard line when Khalil Herbert is crossing the goal line. That's a hits philosophy. That's what Matt Eberflus is trying to instill on this team, and you're seeing that energy across the board. Jatari Carter, he's had a rough camp. I feel like the whole offensive line has had a rough camp, especially in the last week. They showed up yesterday. They played really game. good game. So we did get some answers beyond just the Justin Fields and DJ. Moore of what's going to happen with this offense.
0: Yeah, i kind of slugged out. Uh, not sure when you were going to be able to join us. Uh, some of the some of the stock ups, stop stock down. I have offensive line is uh, one of the stock ups for all those reasons that you said. The one thing and two, when and the Darnell Wright play that you're talking about, he blocks that little guy. I'm sorry that I forgot his name. <laughs> no, uh, little
1: guy's fine. <laughs> little guy, but everybody's and, gonna be a it,
0: little guy for Darnell. I, I but I know like the visual of it is funny, but I'm like that's the that's the one thing that's actually the most difficult for a big guy like that because those little squirts, you know, can get around you. Yeah. And that's that's why you want like sometimes when you have these big athletic guys, like it's tough for them. You see this all the time. Like these big athletic guys who will miss, you know, this little like this little gnat of a player who's just coming in like, God, you know what? And it's frustrating. And I know even playing like any level of football, you know that those little guys that just worm their way in, like it's annoying, but he was able to spring him uh, for a pretty good game. So I thought the offensive line, uh, their stock is going up. Khalil Herbert, I know that you don't want to just give somebody a job right off the bat, but for me, I feel like his stock is up. in this early going after one week, it looks like he is, uh, he obviously got the start. You've been at practice. Does it feel like the, the stock for Khalil Herbert's been going up?
1: I mean, I think he's safe to this point. I, 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 he'll be the starting running back for, you know, the early portion of the season. It's going to be a running back by committee, but what we've learned at camp from the running game is very little. They don't hit at camp. You know, nobody's getting full out tackled, maybe, but the ex- exception of a few times they did run one goal line red zone drill for like six, seven plays where it got somewhat physical. They tried some different running backs out there. I think the more interesting question is who's the starting running back come December. You know, you're going to have injuries as a variable momentum. Who's the hot hand, you know, who's giving you more in pass protection, which is an important key to the running back position. And I heard Tom Thayer say uh, that Roshan Johnson is the great, one of the greatest running backs, blocking running backs. He's ever seen coming out of college. I have a lot of respect for Tom Thayer's football opinion and he's not the type to blow smoke like maybe a meatball like me would so i take a lot of stock in that because for me a camp to evaluate the pass rush in the trenches when they're not going full go it's it's a tempo pass rush as jason mckee was explaining to me earlier uh former chicago bear it's like it's not the way camp used to be 20 years ago where you could really tell if this team was going to like put a hat on a head and run the football with authority. I feel confident they will because they showed that last year and the guys they have in here, I think have a resume with Herbert and Deontay Foreman. Roshan Johnson, certainly an interesting variable there when you hear about his pl- pass blocking ability. And I thought he showed something at the, in the second half of the game yesterday, um, you know, with it, you know, different doing different things. Uh, beyond just pass blocking so but from for the for the for the now Khalil Herbert's gonna have that job week one he's a great cut black cutback runner he led the NFL in yards per carry last year around six yards per carry so he's gonna be getting the rock to start the year there's no question about it it's his job to lose I love
0: I love it I would advise anybody in the fantasy football space that you're gonna draft Khalil Herbert and if you do you've got to make sure that you have Roshan Johnson on your roster for those November and December months. And then when Deontay Foreman scores a touchdown, you'll eat glass. But that's fine. Uh, that's the way fantasy football works. And <laughs> everything's going to be frustrating. And it's never a good time. And I don't know why. Anybody- good no, keep playing. A, that's
1: good wait, that's, I that's how I
0: get paid. But keep playing. Yeah, keep yeah. playing. Um, I, I also like, oh, Travis Gibson. Holy mackerel. Uh, let's talk about the defense for a second. Because, good Lord, I, I don't care if it's preseason. This was a This was a problem. To get eight sacks, even in a preseason game, and Travis Gibson looking like a guy who saw himself third on the depth chart. I know my friend Patrick Claybon, who I talked about earlier, hates the word momentum and doesn't believe in him and doesn't believe in motivation. But I'm like, I don't know. He looked like a different player. He looked like the guy we wanted him to be last year. Has this been something that we've seen all camp, or was this just a one-game thing? What was your impression of Travis Gibson?
1: No, I mean, he was starting to get passed up at camp. You know, but that's only half the story in an evaluation process for the coaches as they go into the season and decide who's going to get cut and who isn't or who's going to be the starters and who isn't. And so now Travis Gibson has a notch on his belt because he was one of the top standout players uh, of everybody on either side of the ball for the Bears yesterday, showing that he's playing with a chip on his shoulder because of the message that the coaching staff has sent him. Uh, Now he's got heated competition. I mean, DeMarcus Walker is hurt right now, but early on in camp, he was definitely showing that he's going to not only be someone that flashes, but somebody that's a vocal leader on that defensive side of the ball. The first week of practice, he was one of the loudest guys on the practice field, but since then he's been hurt. So, you know, he's still trying to show leadership. I watch him on the sidelines, staying engaged in, the huddle talking to the players on the sideline, So he's not just like flaking off cause he's hurt. And so I've got, I'm still encouraged by DeMarcus Walker, but he's hurt Terrell Lewis, another guy that had a lot of flash here yesterday, forced fumble yeah. a sack, a uh, couple quarterback hits. He's the guy that's really given Travis, Travis Gibson, all he can handle because I feel like Terrell Lewis out of Alabama has, you know, played for the Rams, had some injury here. That's in some injury. Yeah. 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 I think he's making this team as long as he stays healthy. So how this all shakes out, I'm, I'm happy for Travis because I, I know him from camp. I've, I've had some fun interaction with him. We've got a little bit of a paper, rock, scissors battle at training camp. Uh, he's, right. up, he's up two to one on me right now, so I'm not happy oh, no. about that. But uh, he's a really good dude, so I'm rooting hard for him as a fan. But he's got to win because Terrell Lewis ain't going away. DeMarcus Walker has a job here. You know, there's different, you know, Rasheem Green. I don't really know where, how he fits with this team, but then you've got, you know, Dominique Robinson, and now you bring in Yannick Ngakwe. That room starts to get filled up, you know, and so it'll be interesting, but a step in the right direction yesterday for Travis Gibson.
0: Yeah, I loved him. Uh, Lewis was another guy that I had too, because I remember him from the Rams and thought, you know, I know the Rams, you know, talking to some of their people, they really liked him, and it was unfortunate that, um, Things didn't work out in Los Angeles for him because he can play. And I think that he's got the pedigree. And that's the kind of players that we need to start hitting on is finding players like that, those diamonds in the rough who can come in. And now when you – it's it's a fun problem to have when you're talking about like we weren't getting any pass rush. We did have to make – and it's not a, a panic move, but we we brought in Yannick Ngakwe. And now it's like, yeah, this is this is a good problem to have. Let's have too many guys as opposed yep. to not enough, because as and you mentioned this earlier, too. Like you will eventually will run into injuries and other things. And it's going to be important to make sure that you're fortified and you have a bunch of players out there. And I guess this uh, this one will lead itself. Oh, wait, I do want to talk about Kyler Gordon. Um, oh, man, I don't know. Did Who was the blown coverage on the first play of the game? Was it Kyler? Did he get, who got caught inside?
1: I, I, we honestly we don't know because until Tyreek Stevenson also got beat was that was that yeah. the same play on thirty yards and until we see the yeah. all twenty two it's really hard to say you're talking about on the play action rollout yeah, where yeah. yeah and then. And then Kyler was on the backside, and he just comes out of nowhere. He smokes uh, a guy. Yeah, smokes him. So until the old 22 comes out and our guy draft Dr. Phil breaks down the tape, right. and can tell the, the simpleton meatball over here whose responsibility that was. It's hard to say whose, but we know damn well who was following the hits philosophy, and that was Kyler Gordon, who didn't give up on the play, comes on the backside and almost knocks that ball loose. It was,
0: you know, I think he, he did. I want to see that again. I I thought that one deserved a closer look than the other one that they challenged, but okay.
1: And I understand why they didn't challenge that. Like if it was an actual game in the regular season, maybe you don't challenge that one, but the one in the red zone, I can understand because they're in the red zone, right? So now we're talking about a chance to score. So maybe that was the decision there, but I agree with you. I thought it was a fumble too.
0: I uh, I loved it. I love that. Like I just was writing down stuff and I'm like that, that play, like that could be that. I, regardless of what the play was, like we saw with our eyes him make that play, whether he fumbled or not, whether we that the fraction of a second the ball came out or not, it doesn't matter. Kyler Gordon's hustling to the ball. He had multiple plays like that. and um, and I really love to see it. I really I'm really so excited about him going into year two. and you mentioned the all 22s and draft Dr. Phil I want to remind everybody that this show has been pre-recorded if the all 22s have been out and like, what are you guys talking about? Uh, we're pre-recording this on a Tuesday. Uh, that's why it's so bright, and I'm actually you know, at a different location. I'm not in my typical studio. Uh, hopefully, maybe I'll ask draft Dr. Phil if I could go on Wednesday and break things down with him. But anyways, like, check all that stuff out. And again, like I'm probably in the chat right now uh, as you're watching this, so we'll be talking about it. So maybe we'll have some insight. And not that it matters because things happen early on, but I was just really impressed with Kyler Gordon. And it's one of those things that when everybody talks about, and I know that George Pickens I think had a touchdown this weekend or he did something – and, like, everybody will go back to that and be like, oh, we could – it's fine. But remember, we got Kyler Gordon, who I think is going to be a tremendous player. We got Jaquan Brisker, who looked good as well. Like, we did okay. And I think that this is another stock up for me is the drafting prowess of Ryan Poles. Because not only – I mean, like, you talk about those two guys and Braxton Jones getting out. But I'm going to go through, like, okay, Darnell Wright looked good. Uh, Tyreek Stevenson. Looks like he is going to be the guy who stops uh, starts opposite of Jalen Johnson. Zach Pickens had the big third down sack that got us the ball after the DJ Moore touchdown. Yep. Roshan Johnson looked really good. Noah Sewell, um, we thought he was going to get penalized for a late hit. No, he just made a good play. The penalty was mistakenly, like there was no reason for a penalty to be on Tyreek Stevenson. Like that was not a penalty. That's why. And again, the referees are in training camp too. I'm not even going to sweat it. And uh, Travis Bell makes a makes a big sack at the end of the game and erupts erupts the sideline, which shows you like the players love him. Yeah. Like he's obviously a popular guy. Um I I don't know. I don't want to like not every pick has been perfect, but I oh man, the job that Ryan Poles has done over the last two years draft wise, it's starting to really show itself.
1: Well and then you add in undrafted free agent last year, Jack Sanborn. You know? Oh, yeah. and, and then this year undrafted free agent who flashed the last week of practice and then flashed yesterday Micah baskerville out of lsu
0: oh right all
1: of a sudden this baskerville guy it is what a football <laughs> name like straight out of the water boy or something like this is just a beautiful football name like and so to your point i agree i think ryan paul's draft prowess is solid i think his approach to the way he drafts I me mean, he showed it with the trade back and then to trade back one more time, one spot to add another pick. Those are little things that maybe uh, the average fan may not appreciate, but you know anybody that followed the way Ryan Pace handled things, who was much more you know quick on the draw. Maybe his poker face wasn't as good. Uh, would give up <laughs> draft equity to move up, trade a fourth round pick to get Nick Foles instead of just waiting for him to be cut. Ryan Poles, I think, is more calculated in his approach, and he's a little more calm and waits for the market to come to him, waits for the draft to fall to him. So I'm very encouraged by the way Ryan Paul's draft so far.
0: Yeah, I think that if, if, uh, if Ryan Pace was, well, I don't even want to get into it because so many <laughs> things would have changed. So many things would have changed. But I, I was thinking about this when they drafted Darnell Wright. And I know there was a big push. And people were, they loved Paris Johnson Jr., who we saw over the weekend for the Arizona Cardinals. And I like him too. I'm like, it would have been such a Ryan Pace move to then trade down but then trade back up to get Paris Johnson Jr., who is a good, who could be a great player. Um, but I, but when you look at the value, like it's one of those things, and it's always what I talk about uh, when they make these trades. Like when they did the, uh, w- when you make any deal, it's like you got to remember everything that comes along with it. So, would you rather have Darnell Wright and the fourth round pick that we got, and all this other equity that we're going to be getting? over the next number of years or one Paris Johnson. It's like you know what and it's like the thing with Roquan Smith as well. It's like Roquan Smith is a great player. Right. And obviously he went to Baltimore and somehow became even better. That I d I I don't think so. I think he was doing the same thing he did with the Bears, but when you're wearing a Ravens uniform people are just like, you know what, you're good. It's like if I played a guitar and I'm playing like if, if Bono was doing a karaoke night, you'd be and you didn't know who he was, you'd be like, this guy blows. But when you're at the sphere in Las Vegas and you're watching Bono sing one tree hill you're like this is the most amazing performance like it's different (laughs) and that's the way it is with being a raven when you're when you're when you're with the ravens they're like oh you're bono now apparently okay but if you can get like would you rather have roquan or terrell edmonds and tj edwards and a pick so uh, let's just say zach pickens
1: i know that's not it ended up being being noah sewell
0: noah sewell excuse me you're right you're right sorry but like That's the way it goes. And I I think that that's a philosophy that's going to lead us into these situations where we're just talking about, about how we have too many guys like we don't know who like a good player might be cut off the defensive line, which is incredible to think about from a year ago, where we're begging somebody to get to the quarterback like now we might have too many guys when somebody's gonna have to take a seat. Somebody might go on the practice squad. We don't know somebody could end up being cut. And so I think this is such a great problem to have, and it's something yeah. that I'm excited
1: about. You look at with, the depth, uh, you, you look at the depth uh, across the board. Like you said, good players are going to be cut. A wide receiver, Valus Jones, is in trouble now, and that's a third-round pick the last All right, let's, let's do year. okay.
0: Okay, let's let's do a stock down. Um, He's the, the stock downs for me are the haters uh, who've who've been really going through their feelings <laughs> over the last couple of days.
1: Sorry, Patrick, um,
0: and, and our friend. And listen, I love Velus Jones, and uh, as of Sunday. I will eventually reach out to him. I tell him the key. I'm i I'm i I'm as encouraged. I'm as, I'm as, I'm, I, I'm an encourager. And I think that he's got a lot of ability, but, uh, oh, that was rough. You know, you can't, he's a special team, guy. You can't be making those plays. How, how, like how much trouble is he in? Like, is it, I mean, could they cut their third round pick from a year ago?
1: I, I just think he's opened the door now for Dante Pettis, because even if he learns from that mistake, in the next two games he doesn't make that mistake as a coach can you trust him in the regular season in a season where you now every week is vital and you're trying to win football games it's always going to be in the back of your head now he's willing to improve on this and and prove it to the coaches that he can be trusted uh but it was a very unfortunate moment for him and he has now opened the door because people like has he dropped a punt at practice and i told fans no but you got to wait till the bullets start flying. And at the end of the day, you saw yep. what happened. The ball bounces, and instead of yelling, you know, you know, poison out or, or red or whatever, and tell everybody to get out of the way. Not only that, but he's got to get out of the way. He makes a, a quick decision, and that's the thing about it. We talked about it on the CSGO Bears yesterday. It's like it just feels like it's happening too fast for him. And yeah. you, there's a lot to, you got to track the ball. You got to track how it's moving end over end. You're you know, the wind, and then you're also, you know, your peripheral vision, you got to feel those gunners coming at you. And there's a lot, it's not an easy job, but some people yeah. have the feel for it. Like Devin Hester, who's the, obviously the extreme, the, uh, the greatest, time, yeah. the, greatest the greatest of all time. Yeah. The greatest way to go for the greatest of all time. Well, he's my guy. So I'm always going to give Devin a shout. And then, you know, you have Bayless who, you know, is still trying to find that feeling. Can he, you wish he could, because, you know, I mean, yeah. Tyler Scott, they had him do a, you know, catch a few punts, but he got a ball knocked out in in the receiving game and he's shown some hands issues at camp. So ball security is a problem for Tyler Scott too. They're not going to put DJ Moore back there. They better not or yeah. all run on the field like a protective mother bear. You know, they will not put him back there. So I think this has now opened the door for Dante Pettis, who's been on the inactive, that non-active football, you know, injury list, whatever you want, to, however you want to phrase it. So he hasn't been practicing, but now all of a sudden this happens and I think it's opened the door. So I'm rooting for Vales just like any fan, but I'm worried for his job security because as you mentioned with you know the you know a good DN getting uh cut, the wide receiver room starting to get crowded. And that's a credit to Ryan Poles, but it's going to become a numbers game at the end of the day.
0: Yeah and I think that Tyler Scott is definitely going to make the team Um, the rookie out of Cincinnati. He's too fast. He's too good. He's going to, he's got too much ability. And, but we love, and we love Bayless, you know, and it's, it's just one of those things that I think that what happened, and if I'm guessing, like sometimes you, you, you know what you should be doing, but then you don't do it. You're like, okay, if you, if you let the ball go, like you said, when I played at high school, like it was Peter was our get up, get away. And uh, probably had some sort of overtones because our coach was a little, but anyway, but we would we would yell it. And then I think he wanted to make a play. Like you're still yeah. in training camp and preseason and you want to make a play. Like there's nothing wrong with like, if you let it go, you let it go. And then if he would have ran to the sidelines after letting it go, coaches would have been like, catch that ball next time. You're like, okay. I think they're, uh, the one thing that I would advise to anybody um, at any level, it's like, you know what? Nobody ever gets wrong if you just catch a punt and nothing happens. And you catch, you fair catch it and you catch it nobody's upset ah could you have made a bigger play or whatever but as long as you have the ball you're going to be fine that's the that's the ultimate that's the ultimate thing and I remember I briefly uh wasn't even an assistant coach but I was on the sideline and I was uh my friend's high school team and this guy was struggling and I it was the kickoffs because this guy was pooch kicking off and and it just flummoxed these guys and I walked up to him I'm like you know you can fair catch it on a kickoff like They'll have to, they, they'll have to let you catch. You. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, he did it on the next one. And the coach, as my friend was like, oh my God. Like he hugged him. He's like, great. I. He's like, great smarts way to think out there. <laughs> and uh, he came back and he looked at me and he's like, oh, I didn't tell. I'm like, don't tell the coach. I told you like, just <laughs> enjoy your moment. You yeah. did the right thing. Uh, you
1: You're take your bad. victory
0: where it is. So uh, I think for Bayless though, he needs to improve. And uh, I would tell him. Uh, if he was here, uh, if he was on the show, I'd be like, brother, we got it. Um, I still have a lot of, I think the one thing though, is they're so intrigued by everything that he can do. And yeah, I, I kind of like it.
1: He can make I mean, plays I, and just make good decisions. That's first make good decisions, then make plays.
0: Yeah. And it's one of the, and it, you know, an experienced player who's played, you know, five years of college football in the PAC 12 RIP and the SEC like you're ready. You're not coming out. You're not coming out from Ball State. You're coming out from the SEC and USC. Like you should uh, have a better handle on it. And the stock down, though. I gotta say, like, I feel bad for the haters. Like they're really they're working overtime to try to find things.
1: <laughs> oh man, really Packers Twitter so really- is hot lately. It's crazy out there. What is I? Before you came on, I made this. Uh, Il will and I were
0: uh, going back and forth with some clown the other day. About like we want Jordan Love to be like mid, like just a mid guy who's too good to cut, but not good enough to win. And I'm like, you know, like Kirk Cousins. And the Vikings fans got very upset by this. I'm like, no, that's the that's the exact like he is like you look up mid in the dictionary. That's and that and not in a bad way. I'm not saying he's not a nice person. I'm not saying he can't accumulate stats, but Kirk Cousins is the ideal of a him and Jared Goff. The ideal of a rival quarterback of like, all right, like you're going to play for 12 years for that team. Right. And you might win a division once in a while. You're not winning the Super Bowl.
1: Am I off base? What's going on? Well, I just think it's a standard of expectation. So for the Vikings, they look at Kirk cousins go, well, if you guys had Kirk cousins, you'd be doing cartwheels in the street. Maybe some bears fans would, cause they just need stability, but we I want more like we, I had Jay Cutler. I've been down that yeah, road. We, it's fine. we want more than stability. We're looking at Justin Fields and going, can you be the next superstar? You got your nice quarterback yeah. over there, and Kirk Cousins, nice guy. Show him on the quarterback show on Netflix. He, he looks like he's a great dude, and and I hated how much I liked him on that show. But I do time, love, I do yeah. like him as a person. Absolutely okay, great dude. But we want a superstar over here. We want so when they showed you know Kirk on on quarterback, and then you see Patrick Mahomes and the animal that he is, and this just yeah. insanely competitive player we come from chicago guys michael jordan was bloodthirsty and we want a quarterback like that that's bloodthirsty and derrick rose the silent assassin and i think um you know with justin fields they have very similar traits you know as far as their demeanor is concerned we want greatness for justin fields so it's just a bar of expectation and i'm right there with you when it comes to jordan love don't be so bad that they can draft one of those top two quarterbacks in the draft yeah. last year. Be just good enough that you're above that. And maybe even so more so be good enough to where the Packers re-sign you to a deal they'll regret four years down the road. I'm right there with you in a way. Exactly. Like being Kirk Cousins. Like as a, that is, <laughs> it was the most perfect. And
0: it wasn't like a thing. It wasn't a, a knock on them and these guys. I don't know. I don't want to reiterate for everybody who's been watching the whole time, but it's like, they pull out the numbers. Like, look at this. Like, look how many yards he's passed for. He'd be the Bears' all time leading passer. It's, it's like, yeah, low he's a almost...
1: over here in Chicago. First sorry. of all, <laughs> yeah,
0: that's true. That's true. That's like being like, you know, I would be the, I, we'd have the most Super Bowl wins in Minnesota history. Like, it's the low bar championships. They have one championship, one NFL. Championship. I always have to give them their credit. They did win an NFL championship. Uh, the Super Bowl that they went and lost to Kansas City counts as an NFL championship. We got nine. You've got one. So shut up. Um, <laughs> not you, but them. Yeah. Um, but I want to I want to ask you, uh, you're going to be going out to Indianapolis this yep. week. Uh, what do you got going on? Let us know uh, how we can follow along and what you're going to be doing uh, with. I'm assuming it's CHGO, but, yep. uh, you know, but we follow you on Twitter and all the social media yeah, handles. What do it. we got going on? What, what is the plan for this week?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with CHGO Sports, you know, covering the Bears with CHGO Bears. Our crew is great. Adam Hogue, who's been covering this team for 20 years and as good as it gets for Bears coverage, I'll be with him. And Mark Carmen and uh, Nick Moriano, Will DeWitt, we have a pretty big team. Even our producer, Lawrence, is going to go down there. So Wednesday and Thursday, you know, follow CHGO Sports on YouTube, subscribe to us, and we're going to be doing post-practice, you know, training camp recap shows of these joint practices. And I've never been to a joint practice before in my 20 plus years of going to training camp. These will be my first ever joint practices. And I couldn't be more excited because the battles I've always heard are legendary for joint practices. And I get to go to a new training camp facility. And that's something I also have never done. I've only ever gone to bears training camp. So I'm excited for both, but we'll be doing live post post post-practice recap shows and they're they're both at night, so all these Bears practices have been in the morning at Hell's Hall. But these in Indianapolis are going to be at night, so I'm I'm, in, I'm excited for the setting, but the shows are going to be a little later at night after we can get back. And get set up. So make sure you tune in. Follow me on you know at G Braggs Junior 23. I'll be giving live updates of practice as I see it. And maybe I'll gas up a player and then Dan Weeder will get mad at me for gassing him up Ooh, too hard. Yeah, don't do but it. I just don't can't do help it. myself. Don't do it. Meatball. So we're gonna give the meatball takes. But I can promise you it's always gonna come from a place of authenticity. And uh I'm excited to see. The Chicago Bears uh, take on the Colts three times. You got them Wednesday and Thursday for a joint practice and then on Saturday for the second preseason game. Yeah, you want to be there on the Wednesday, Thursday. Those are
0: amazing. And the great thing, too, is that because there's really no repercussions with referees or anything, that's why it gets a little bit more heated. Because, like, you're not going to get thrown out of a game and there's nobody throwing a flag. There's no referee. You know, like the coaches hey, trying to break up. You got a guy last re-
1: swinging a helmet on somebody at one of the joint yes. practice. he didn't get suspended or anything for it. No,
0: like there's nothing like there's no like there's no commissioner's report. It's kind of I liken it going to a WWE or a AEW doesn't do house shows, but like a WWE house show, like on a Saturday night that's not televised is that the wrestlers will get loose and interact with you more. And they're not constrained to these little two minute buckets or two minute a blocks or whatever. They can really go after it and really go. And that's what happens with these practices. So I would implore anybody, if you have the ability to get to one of these practices, I don't know if they're open to the public, if there's yeah, so tickets. Yeah, they
1: are, but I think tickets are sold out now. Probably but,
0: sold out. they yeah. got to be, yeah. It's too close, and I'm sure all the meatballs yeah. will be arriving
1: in there's droves. There's going
0: to be a lot of Bears fans there, I bet. Oh, my God. We're going to overtake that hey, place. Like, I, it it is,
1: that's going to be the thing I'm most looking forward to, how many Bears fans. Hey, but you mentioned wrestling. And um, my, I have a good friend, D Lo Brown. You remember D Lo Brown? Yeah, deal. Of course we know deal, the nation of domination. I don't know how, if you guys have ever crossed paths. How has he, that not happened? What is, he is a diehard Bears fan. He is as ultra passionate as you are about the Chicago Bears. He's got a great story. I've, he's told many times with shows I've had him on. But he was introduced coming out as D- from Chicago, D Lo Brown. He's actually from Philly. But he loved the Chicago Bears so much that in his wrestling career, he had them announce that he was from Chicago and diehard Bears fan. Good friend of mine, somehow, some way, which is always surreal to say. But maybe one day I'll, I'll give you the proper introduction because you guys would get along Do it. splendidly.
0: I will, I will, I, and I, I promise I will not ask him about the Rock. I just want to, I just uh, want to talk to. Them. I love Dilo.
1: I he, he, even, he loves talking the stories. I was just hanging because he does impact wrestling. And uh, so yeah. if they're ever in your town, maybe uh, we can get you guys connected. Tom Hannafin mm-hmm.
0: has been on this show. Like we've had yeah. Tom Hannafin on this show and we know uh, Eric Young just went back to impact. Yeah. Like we know, like we yeah. we're in
1: Tommy Dreamer. I'm afraid we're going we're gonna to get this because you guys yeah. are a match made in heaven. So we're going to get this meetup done uh, because I think you guys would hit it off splendidly for sure.
0: All right. Well, uh, well listen, I'm uh, looking forward to all the great stuff you're going to be doing this week. Actually, I actually wouldn't start based on when this show is going to be airing. It'll be starting tomorrow. Uh, nice. Tomorrow and Thursday with the game on Saturday. We're going to be back with a recap Saturday night. Uh, and hopefully at some point we can track you down again, if you don't mind coming Any back time on with us. do it's an honor. I don't want to twist your arm. I no, don't you don't are certainly not much. twisting
1: my arm. I will make I felt bad. Adam rank.
0: No, I felt bad. You were you are so nice, like you're so nice about like, hey, thanks for shouting me out of like Jesus. They're, well, because like, you're you, there.
1: literally on the same day you gave me a shout out was the same day weeders on his podcast for six seventy four blasting me about how I'm ruining <laughs> the journalistic integrity of Chicago Bears coverage. Like, come on, we're not covering the Cold War here. Are you kidding this me? This isn't the weapons of oh. mass destruction. We're talking football here. Let me be a fan in the stands. You go do your thing. So. When I heard that, which obviously wasn't the best, like didn't feel great to have my media friends, you know, giving me crap, but that's fine. Hold my feet to the fire. But then I heard, my good buddy Adam Rank shouting me out, and that that uh, made me. That was the balance I needed that day. So that's why I gave you a. And that was that was stuff. that was organic, and it was authentic. And I just was like, "Oh, Greg's
0: been doing a great job." But, anyways, yeah. great job here tonight. We oh, really yeah. enjoy this. I thanks thanks for coming on. Thanks for making the time. I want to thank everybody who has uh, been watching the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to comment using the word "sick." Uh, let me know how it goes. I'm probably in the chat right now. Hopefully, still. I don't know. My kids have probably probably drawn me away. But at any point, thanks, everybody, for being here. We'll be back Saturday night to recap the game against the Indianapolis Colts. Look for us on social media. And uh, until that game on Saturday, bear down. Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.